My young adult daughter, Lucy, loves goats. She has ever since she was in middle school. And there's something about goats, if you watch them, that are just delightful. They persist on being near you, even when you push them away. They're surprisingly strong and can get into a lot of trouble if you're not paying attention. They're whimsical, especially when they're young and how they leap around. And there's something about that goat face, which is both hilarious and endearing. Some people don't just like goats, they're obsessed with them. They collect pictures and videos and seek them out wherever they can. I have discovered that there's even something called goat yoga now, where young goats mingle with those who are stretching, walking on their backs, and playing in the room. So Lucy was thrilled last Christmas when I gave her a small metal sculpture of a goat. But in today's gospel lesson from Matthew, Goats get a seriously bad rap. At the final judgment, they're contrasted with the sheep. The sheep get to enter God's kingdom, and the goats are cast into eternal fire. I joked with a friend this week that the goats of the world should unite and file a lawsuit against St. Matthew for defamation because he seriously harmed their brand. I don't think Matthew disliked goats per se. I think he was looking for a conceptual vehicle, a literary device that would emphasize that winnowing process in the judgment. He could just as easily have contrasted donkeys and horses or camels and llamas. But because sheep and goats were so well known in rural Israel and featured prominently in scripture, they provided a suitable frame for Matthew's main point. Those who care for the least of these care for Jesus himself. And so for all the goat lovers of the world, I suggest we let goats off the hook and get to the heart of the matter in today's lessons. We'll look at Matthew's picture of the judgment in just a moment, but first we need to look at Ezekiel and see how he sets the table for what Matthew says later. In this last part of Ezekiel's prophecy, Ezekiel is trying to remind Israel about God's promises, which they have largely forgotten because of the persecution and because of the exile. They've lost sight of the promises of God. And yet, before Ezekiel can get to the promises, he needs to unpack the problem. And the problem, according to Ezekiel, was bad leadership in the kingdom of Israel and lack of care for one another. In Hebrew scripture, shepherd is another term for king. And so when we say the Lord is my shepherd, we're actually saying the Lord is my ruler. And according to Ezekiel, Israel has suffered under some pretty bad shepherds. And Ezekiel describes bad shepherds like this. They feed themselves rather than the flock. They commit violence against the sheep, scattering them throughout the land. They do nothing to seek out the lost, strengthen the weak, heal the sick, bind up the injured, and bring back those who have strayed. In short, bad shepherds care for themselves rather than the flock. And as a result, God's judgment burns hot against them. God promises to bless them with a new shepherd named David. David will do for the flock of Israel what the previous shepherds couldn't or wouldn't do. But then God turns God's judgment to the sheep, and God judges between sheep and sheep. 
Some sheep are stealing the food that belong to the vulnerable ones. Some rams are pushing with their shoulders and butting with their horns, taking advantage of the most vulnerable members of the flock. So yes, there's a problem with the shepherds in Israel, but there's also a problem with the sheep. Israel is not living into God's intention for human community, and that community is supposed to be marked by peace, safety, nourishment, and freedom. Ezekiel has to name Israel's problems before God's promises can be revealed. So Matthew continues in this same vein, but then changes the context. This story is actually called the judgment of the nations, and it depicts that eschatological moment, that time at the end of time, when all the people of the earth come before Christ the King, and they will be judged for what they have done and for what they have left undone. One of our associates, Mary Lessman, preached a wonderful sermon some weeks ago, suggesting that none of us are entirely blessed or entirely cursed, but a mix of the two. God's job is to sift us, preserving the wheat, burning off the chaff, and we need God to perform this action on us over and over again, shaping us into the people that we're meant to be, not only individually, but as a community. So while Ezekiel focuses on the house of Israel, Matthew focuses on all the nations of the earth. And in that great and glorious day, the Son of Man will separate everyone into two groups, the sheep and the goats. The sheep are at his right hand and the goats are at his left. The sheep are who? The ones who fed the hungry, gave drink to the thirsty, welcomed the stranger, clothed the naked, cared for the sick and visited the prisoner, and the goats are those who did not. And in both cases, the sheep and the goats, they're surprised by their status. The sheep don't remember when they've performed these actions on behalf of Christ, and the goats don't remember when they have not performed these actions on behalf of Christ. And this sets up the punchline of the story. Truly I tell you, just as you did it or did not do it, to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it or did not do it to me. The Son of God, who was with the Father in glory at the beginning, emptied himself of all divine prerogative and took the form of a human being, even suffering death on the cross. He was raised by the love and mercy of God and made king over heaven and earth. And yet even in his glory, Christ never forgets those who were like himself, hungry, thirsty, ignored, naked, sick, or imprisoned. Matthew makes it clear that when we care for those who are most vulnerable on earth and honor that vulnerability in ourselves, we draw near to the very heart of God. Neither the sheep nor the goat thought much about their actions while they were living. They simply resembled the one whom they followed. The righteous in today's story are those who follow the shepherd of love. The unrighteous are those who follow a different shepherd. When we follow Jesus, when we align ourselves with God's love, it leads to eternal life. That's what our whole discipleship series was about this fall, choosing to follow the good shepherd and being converted 
from a love of self to a love of others. And that's what our stewardship invitations are all about. Investing in what is eternal so that our hearts gradually long for the things of God rather than settling for things that fade away. Neither the shepherd nor the goats could remember a time when they were particularly sheep-like or goat-like. They just resembled the one whom they followed. And as Christians, we follow Christ the King who teaches us how to love even our enemies. This Thursday is Thanksgiving, and it's a wonderful holiday to gather with family and friends and to sincerely give thanks for all God's good gifts. And this Thanksgiving will be different for many of us as it's hard to travel to see family. We're reluctant to have too many people not in our household at the table. And so this is going to be a different kind of Thanksgiving this year. And yet, we will still come into contact with others, either in person or virtually or just in the course of our lives. And there's a good chance there will be conflict in a time like this. We will be tempted to label the sheep and the goats. Someone will say something that convinces us that he or she is stupid or lost or misguided, and we will want to mentally or verbally cast them into the eternal fire reserved for the devil and his angels. But in today's story, we see that judgment belongs to Christ the King, not us. Rather than letting someone provoke us to a statement or to an action that we regret, we might try to see that person as God sees them. Vulnerable, beloved, incomplete, in need of love. When we think of those who are hungry, thirsty, forgotten, naked, sick, and imprisoned, we often think of people on the streets, someone out there. But actually, there are people under our own roofs who follow that description. And we sometimes miss their vulnerability because they're coming across so strong, but that brokenness is there within them. And so this holiday season, Jesus is inviting us to care for all those who are vulnerable, both close by and far away. Rather than casting judgment on others, see them as Jesus sees them and feed them, care for them, invite them in. In loving those who are most vulnerable, we love God. And on that great and glorious day, we just might hear Christ the King say to us, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Amen.